3: In my new book, With Mark Tim, mentor to Millions, you'll learn the repeatable framework I use in all my business ventures for massive success. Order at KevinMentor.com and get over $1,000 in
0: bonuses. Head to KevinMentor.com. Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast. This is your co-host, Seth Green. With me, as always, the inventor of the infomercial and original shark on the hit TV series Shark Tank, Kevin Harrington. Kevin, thanks so much for being here.
3: Hey Seth, great to be here. Looking forward to an exciting day today.
0: Yes, today we are joined by Chris, Mr. Moneyfingers Haddad, who is a legendary direct response copywriter and marketer whose sales letters and video sales letters have driven over $700 million in online sales. The actual number is significantly higher than that, but that's close. Um, Chris has worked with clients such as Jeff Paul, Jeff Walker, Jeff Johnson, lots of folks not named Jeff and (laughs) achieved absolutely incredible results. Chris, thanks so much for joining us.
1: I'm really excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's weird trying to do the math on uh, sales letters and things. I've had some that have done hundreds of millions of dollars on on their own for clients. And I keep thinking, if only I owned that offer myself, but that's okay. I started my own stuff eventually, so it worked out.
0: Awesome, so let's go back in time just a little bit. How'd you get started?
1: Dude, I got started in marketing because I was one of those guys. I grew up in Massachusetts, central Massachusetts in the 80s and 90s. I didn't know a single person who could make a living as a writer. I didn't know anybody in like marketing. My dad was a sales guy, direct sales kind of stuff. Got out of college, moved to LA, did a bunch of crazy stuff in LA, working on different companies. I was just telling Seth offline about when Hillary Swank threatened to hit me with a frying pan because her parrot invited me into her house, which was pretty damn cool. Mm. Uh, Moved to Seattle, wrote greeting cards for a living, got fired from every job I ever had. And then one day, I stumbled into this AWAI copywriting course thing and took that and that became, you know, within, I went from making like 30 grand one year to 200 grand the next year to a couple million a year, a few years after that. It was a, quite a ride considering how low my self-esteem was at the time. It was fun.
0: I'm sure the longer version of that story could probably fill the book somewhere. If it oh, might- it's
1: about, it's about not, there, I actually have a video of that story kind of laid out somewhere that I did at a copywriting conference. And I literally made people cry about halfway through. It's quite a story. There's a lot to it.
3: Hey, hey, Chris, I have a question just in terms of the business model that that you operate. Okay, so I understand as a writer, one model is you get paid for your time, sort of you give a proposal, you finish it, you get paid. Are there other ways that you work beyond that?
1: So i don't even do that anymore honestly i gave up freelancing about 10 years ago so the short version was like i was freelancing and i was really good at it i was making three 400 grand a year whatever else doing well and i was making other people really really rich right i have friends who made millions and millions of dollars off my work they ran the businesses that's cool so one day i woke up and i, I had one uh, client of mine Alan Seltanic, and another guy who made like 10 million dollars in a month off of something that i wrote for them and they paid me 25 grand and I called up j D Bolt, who was one of the guys there, and I said, "Dude, send me a bonus, and he sent me five thousand dollars and I was like that's a good bonus, except for you made millions and I got to get out of this. And so the short version after that, I ended up uh, creating an alter ego named Michael Fiori, uh, who is still kind of out there. Michael Fiori is an internationally known relationship expert. I was on the Rachel Ray show as Michael Fiori. I had a uh, best-selling book on uh, Amazon Kindle for quite a while. It was like the num- make him beg to be your boyfriend, number one thing there. And we built that business to about eight figures within three years or so before I got really sick and had to take some time away. So the big thing was just like, I always tell my copywriting students too, I'm like, create your own offers, man. Like what you were saying, Kevin, uh, I, I I know you don't believe in trading time for money any more than I do, right? right? So the biggest mistake, you know, when you're a freelancer, that's pretty much what you're doing. I managed to negotiate some percentage deals and things like that, but then I ended up doing my own offers. And these days I have my own offers and I also partner with some friends of mine who run pretty big businesses and they pay me a percentage or a CPA based on what we do together.
3: Yeah, because I mean, I, the, over the years, we've used many creative folks and- yeah. We've started to make sure they're good, paying them a fee. Mm-hmm. Then they come back and they say, "Well, hey, look that that infomercial that I wrote yep. did two hundred million dollars in sales. I got thirty five grand. Let's let, let's do something a little different." And you mentioned percentage. That makes sense. I, I've always I want the best of the best, and that yep. and if 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 you can come to me and write a, a script that's going to do two hundred million versus you know, 10 million or yeah. zero million, okay? Because that normally is what it's like. It's it's sink or swim too, right?
1: Well, it's almost like some people, uh, I was reading a book recently about people who, you know, they, they they get really mad that their salespeople are making too much money, right? They're, they're like, they have like, you know, commission salespeople and the managers are like, we're not making as much as the commission salespeople. So they try to get rid of the commission thing. And of course it kills the damn company, right? You need people incentivized, especially the people that have the psychological abilities, writing abilities to actually make you money in the first place. So I'm, I, I never take deals just flat fee anymore because I, I'm always trying to, you know, come up with, uh, you know, passive or semi-passive uh, streams of income.
0: What do you think about this new AI chat GPT trend that everybody's talking about, how um, we're gonna use Jasper yeah. or chat GPT and everything, yeah. and we're gonna you know, save all this time and all this expertise?
1: Um, I'm uh, excited and terrified, but mostly excited. And the reason I'm excited is because I've been playing with ChatGPT. I've been studying the AI thing. I'm actually working on an offer with friends about the AI thing right now. But what I'm known for copywriting-wise that I'm known for being the best in the world at is emotion and storytelling and copy. People that read my copy, I make you feel something. I make you want something. I know how to use stories to uh, create a path, a slippery slide where you end up taking out your wallet and wanting to buy it later. And so I do think ChatGPT and AI is going to be very useful as far as a creative brainstorming thing. I do think it's going to take over kind of, you know, meat and potatoes copy, right? You know, a lot of people that are content writers, blog writers, folks that just write uh, SEO based copy and call themselves copywriters. I think they're kind of screwed, but I do think the rest of us, if you know the psychology of marketing and know how to be creative, it can be a very, very powerful tool, uh, but we'll see what happens. You know, I'm doing what I can to make sure that I take advantage of it because that genie is not going back in the bottle, no matter how much we may want it to in the future.
0: Absolutely. What do you what are some of the favorite promotions that you've run?
1: Oh, man. I did one called Power for Home years and years ago for my buddy Chris Fox, who I'm working with again now. That ended up being a number one offer on ClickBank for, I think, two years or so. I made about half a million on that just from a percentage piece. So I know I know he did very, very well with it as well. Uh, I did the Pimsler Approach Letter for Dan Roitman years ago. He grew that company to, I think, about 100 million or so before he sold it uh, off the back of that letter, which was all about a woman who uh, wanted to go to France and be able to have an affair with a hot French guy and ended up doing very, very well. Uh, man, I've written dozens of these things things over the years that a bunch with jeff walker who did product launch formula and then i did my own launch of my pig method copywriting training course uh the originally that we did about three quarters of a million on that uh, from a facebook group with no affiliates no lists no nothing except for i built a facebook group and invited people to it and sold a pretty good amount so that was a lot of fun too
0: yeah what have been some of the biggest mistakes you've made and what'd you learn from it
1: the biggest mistakes i always make are thinking i'm smarter than i am you know, the biggest mistakes I, I've ever made is when I tried to go into a letter, especially when I was younger and more arrogant about things, right? Because people are like, oh, you're a genius, one of the best in the world, blah, blah, blah. And you let that get to you when you're in your 30s, right? Because whatever. But I would fall into this trap sometimes of being involved in a project or starting one of my own and thinking I could just use the fact that I know how to write copy to make something work. And so I didn't do the work to make sure the offer, you know, what it was it the right thing to sell in the first place? Was the name the right thing? Uh, did I do the right research on it, et cetera? That's the, that's the biggest mistake I always make. Make, as I let my ego get in the way of my, my work ethic sometimes.
3: So Chris, yeah. I know, you know, when we talked about, you know, the w- different ways you work, yeah. um, you know, we, we, we explored various of those. Did, you, you mentioned, Hey, so people should maybe run their own um, yeah. pitch. Right. Mm-hmm. But of course now if you're going to be running something and it's a product, you need inventory, you need, you got to buy the media in advance. So, what, what do you recommend to people if they're in that in-between stage of being, you know, a get, be getting paid by the hour for their time versus being the entrepreneur that can go through $100 million on a campaign, but it's gonna require millions of dollars.
1: It can, but you know, I made my money originally. I didn't spend much at all, right? So I think my first offer I put out, it was called Text Your Wife Into Bed. Uh, still sells quite well. I have all these texting programs under Michael Fury, And I think I spent maybe 10 grand getting that offer off the ground because it was through ClickBank. It was an information product that I created myself. I wrote all the copy myself. I was the talent on the camera for it as well because I'm lucky enough to be able to do that. Uh, and I was able to build that into a business and, and grow that over the course, the course of years. So information marketing, you know, it's, it's slightly more difficult than it used to be in certain niches. The relationship advice niche certainly is more difficult to make money in. it was. But if you can find a way to do an info product, that really gets rid of the problem of having to deal with inventory or anything like that in the first place. And if you come up with an offer that really works for affiliates, you know, I didn't know anything about buying traffic for the first three or four years. I was doing really well with my own offers. I, I always tell people, you know, you can only be world class at one or maybe two things. So figure out what that one or two thing is that the, your world-class ideas do with that for me it's writing copy and occasionally getting up on stage and telling dick jokes during marketing speeches very good at that but, as well yeah
3: you know i i, I when i think back it was just recently um i was having a, a meeting with somebody and we we got talking about some of the old time guys you remember yeah. joe sugarman for I example
1: do. i've met joe many yeah. times yeah
3: yeah i mean yeah. joe just passed away i i heard recently god bless um and i mean the you know the joe sugarman's of the world you know are just the you know blue blockers right i mean i don't know how many tens of millions if if not millions hundreds of i don't even know but there was a one guy that knew he he was he was awesome and i and i i love running around with guys like that of course Jay abraham's another one one of you know some of the gurus but but sometimes some of the guys that have been, you know, th- th- like me, I've been around a long time. Mm-hmm. I don't know some of the new things that are going yeah. on. So yeah. I think this is where you shine because a lot of times people say, oh, I'm going to go back to one of these, you know, old timers. And, yeah, they're they they still the juices are still flowing, but there's a lot of new technologies. And I think this is probably one of the differences that you have over some of these old timers.
1: Yeah, I think the main thing for me, I I like to evolve copy a little bit. I actually, my wife, uh, Angie, she's a copywriter as well. And that's how we met, actually. Uh, And she was talking to an old mentor of mine about what I do, this guy, David Garfinkel, who taught me a lot. And Angie was asking David how I do what I do. Because if you read my copy, it's very different than what most people write. You would not necessarily even know you were being sold to for quite a while in it. And David was like, I don't know who taught him that, but he figured it out. And I think for me, my background is in film and TV and theater, right? I used to write plays and things like that. So I've really, I think, been responsible in a lot of ways for this push, especially through the VSL thing, for starting with a story, really making it focused on the story, really figuring out what that story is going to be. And that's, I think that when I'm done with my career, that's what I will be known for kind of giving to the industry is a more effective way of telling stories and letters that gets people to take out their wallet and buy something.
0: Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. When I have read some of your sale letters, I wasn't even the target market, but wanted to buy anyway. Like I bought one of the products for women just because the story of hey, she finds the boyfriend doing whatever. I'm like, oh my God. Oh, that
1: one. Like, yeah, that's a good one.
0: <laughs> you're like 25 pages in and you're like, oh, there's an offer here. Like, well, hey- My favorite
1: story for that is I'll be talking to a friend of mine, uh, you know, somebody I knew through business or who studies my stuff or whatever. And they'll tell me they're like watching one of my VSLs on screen and their wife will like walk by in the background to do something. Maybe they're doing laundry or just whatever. And their wife will like walk by and then stop and they'll listen for a second and then they'll come over and just watch the entire letter which i take as an incredible compliment for i you know i'm just known for understanding how to sell to women really well for whatever reason despite being a very large hairy man so hey, works hey, out somehow
3: hey chris i i've got a case study i just want yeah. to throw out to you okay so you know when the the company romans and get and get romans and hymns yeah. erectile dysfunction they're basically yeah. just taking viagra a generic and and putting it in a brown paper bag and box and sending it to you i met a guy that has a true compound pharmacy that he can make the drugs and he adds special ingredients okay. and oxytocin which is like a, an xc yeah. type of thing yeah, the, it's the, never,
1: the bonding chemical yeah right mm-hmm. the
3: bonding right it, you know it, it's the love hormone yep. so so now here's a company that you know they've got some celebrities. We got Ric Flair, and we've got Carmelo. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Woo! yeah. I, I had dinner with Rick last week. Great, man. So now, they, yeah. now, my question to you is: Here's a company that you know they're not. I mean, Romans is a built multi-billion-dollar company. They've done
1: amazing building that business over
3: the last. Unbelievable. Time. Yeah. yeah. So, how would how would you work creatively with a new type of thing and some a group like that? I want to know what was different
1: about it. The number one thing is what's different about it, right? Because like hymns and Roman pretty much have the low price Erectile dysfunction med thing kind of taken over at this point. Yeah, right? they they they've expanded their line quite a bit. They have all sorts of things for testosterone, et cetera. So the main thing I would want to be figuring out is I, I wouldn't try to compete on price at all. If anything, no. I would I would no. try to be I would try to be premium priced, right? Yeah, premium priced, especially if you have celebrities involved. Rick, you know, Rick Flair was known for the the, uh, the 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 strutting, like you know, screwing every woman he possibly could on airplanes all those years ago. People people love him for that kind of thing. But I just want to be knowing, like, okay, is it more pure? Is it more powerful? Are the uh, the the ingredients from some kind of you know exotic place in the world is this some kind of amazing root that was you know used by African tribesmen and the blah blah but you know whatever I can I mean, think of that's going to give us a story to build it build off of it right like yeah. what makes this different what makes it special I want to know who created the product in the first place and why like what is the mission that actually drove yeah. this person to want to create this in the first place that's what I'm always kind of focusing on because people don't buy from companies they buy from people if they can right right uh, now certainly yeah. you can build a big brand that's a whole other thing but that's the marketing i tend to do tends to be more personality based
3: gotcha so i i mean just i am enjoying our our conversation here today i want separate and apart i I want i want you to take a look at this company and let's talk about it there may be an opportunity here yeah and and, um we'll uh that's the kind of thing i love
1: writing about right because i've made all my money in the relationship advice niche so i've made my money by like teaching women how to find love and teaching men how to get laid so writing anything about masculinity and femininity and and, you know especially with men as we get older and we feel like we're losing our power in some way yeah it's an interesting thing
3: hey excellent love it okay so we'll offline we're we're you know i'll I'll get with seth he'll he'll forward you some info type of thing okay sounds great man i'd love to that sounds fun we'll we'll check that one out Mm because and and i mean i i I shot over a thousand infomercials over the years and uh, you know the sometimes i mean like i'll never forget Tony Little, for example, the fitness yeah, yeah. Guy, right? Oh, yeah, 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 no, 100%. We, yeah, we spent We spent six weeks going back and forth with a script for the infomercial. Yeah. Uh-huh, and Tony, yeah. you know, we're sending him the first rough draft back and forth and back and forth. Finally, we got it all tightened up. We show yeah. up for the shoot. Tony shows up. He takes the script. Lips <laughs> <laughs> it in five different pieces and says, see this? We're not going to use it. Let's I've go. got it now. He <laughs> we're going ad lib. Okay. Yep. And by the way, it bombed when he did that. So yeah,
1: you, that is usually what happens. Yeah. Yeah.
3: And with a tight script and all the good stuff. But Tony, you know, it, it's Tony's Tony. It's his prerogative. At some I mean say, I,
1: would, I could sit with you and drink and pick your brain about infomercial stories from the last 30 years all night and be a very, very happy person. I would just. All I could I could record that and sell it as a product at the end of the day. I'm sure you've got It would
0: amazing. be crazy.
3: So, it would be yeah. crazy. Yeah, yeah. Thank you.
0: Chris, we greatly appreciate your time. We know it's incredibly valuable for our folks watching and listening who want to learn more about the pig method and all things Chris Haddad, where is the best place for us to send them?
1: Uh, I would go to the Chris Haddad show or Haddad. You can say it however you want. So the Chris Haddad show, or you can go to the dot That's the training program I do for copywriters and marketers and business owners who want to learn how to use stories in their marketing. I actually shut it down for now about a month ago, so I'm not selling it right now. But if you go there, you can get on the waiting list to see if I ever open it up again. But the podcast is probably the easiest way to keep in touch with me.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, we greatly appreciate your time. We know it's incredibly valuable. Mm-hmm. Thank you for joining us. Thank everyone for watching or listening. We will talk to you or see you next time.
1: Great. Thanks, guys. Good seeing you, Chris. Take care. You too. Nice to meet you, sir.
0: You too. Bye. Do you need money to fund your idea, product, or service? Are you ready to take your business to the next level, but need capital to get it done? Kevin Harrington has heard more than 50,000 pitches and knows how to help you make the perfect pitch to get the funding for your entrepreneurial dream.